0: Hey y'all! Welcome to Life Coach BFF Show. Do you want to confidently parent your teen while remaining sane and still finding joy in your everyday? Do concerns of their safety, mental health, influences of social media, and the ACT as well as the ACT frighten and keep you awake at night? Following a move, finding myself lonely, isolated, and drowning in the realities of parenting teenagers, I felt completely lost and depleted. After a year of sitting in loneliness, I knew it had to stop. I transformed my mindset to something I call living on green, and I'm going to teach it to you. In this podcast, we're giving all things to God find beauty in the brokenness, triumphs through the trials of parenting teens, all the while finding joy in establishing balance. I'm your new BFF, Heather, and you're not lonely anymore. We're in this together. Get your Axe Spray out, pick up those dirty gym socks, put your lip gloss on, and let's do this. My friend. Welcome back to Life Coach BFF Show. I'm your BFF, Heather, and I am lucky enough to be the host of this show. Wow, how did this even happen? I don't know, but I'm so thankful for you and I'm thankful for the opportunity to serve you on this platform. So thank you for being here with me. It's a lot of fun. I can't imagine not doing this with you. And today, guess who else we're doing this with? We are going to have a conversation with Jeremy Walker and his lovely bride, Caroline. He is a pro baseball player. He's going to give us all the facts about what we can do to best support our teen or our child who has aspirations to be a pro athlete or even a college athlete. So that's full of wisdom, advice coming from Jeremy and also from Caroline. So I can't wait to share this with you. And before we do that, I want to thank you so much, all of you who have purchased my new book, Keep It Simple, Sarah. Keep It Simple, Sarah is written for teen girls, but so many of you moms, aunts, grandmothers, Have purchased this book for your preteens, for yourselves, and I am so grateful. Thank you. And I'm also beyond grateful for your reviews on the book. Thank you very, very much. I'm going to read a review to you today from Cadence M. It says, warm, funny, full of bite-sized wisdom. I ordered this as a gift for my 13 year old niece, but it was like a warm, encouraging hug for my 39 plus self. I had to have my own copy. It's humorous and touching and full of no nonsense, bite sized wisdom that isn't t- intimidating. Looking forward to seeing the author at the book signing. Thank you so much, Cadence. I'm looking forward to seeing you and I. Really appreciate your review. Thank you to all of you and for all of your support. So we're going to go now and get right to our conversation with Jeremy and Caroline. Let's get right to it. Hi, y'all today.
1: Yes, we're we're excited excited to be be here.
0: Tell Tell me about your mission trip to Honduras.
2: Yeah. So our church, Green Meadows Baptist Church here, um, where we live in North Carolina, we have had a relationship with a ministry in Honduras um, over the last probably 20 years. Mm-hmm. But um, so every year our church takes a group down there, whether it's building construction, like putting up some homes for the people there. But this was my first trip going. Jeremy had been once before, but mm-hmm. we took a small team um, with our pastor and we're really just I'm trying to encourage and uh, just talk with the pastors there about their ministry and just how we can see, you know, more lost people saved in the, in the city of Victoria and in Honduras.
1: Yeah, we went to like, we went to one city. It's, It's called Victoria, which is where all of our trips have been to pretty much with our church. And, uh, yeah, the the church, the the pastors and the church system there is just broken right now, and so I think the main goal was for our our it was laid on our pastor's heart to go there and just encourage the pastors to have unity with them, like between one another, and just to learn together and stuff. So it was really good. I'm, I'm glad we got the opportunity to go.
0: I am, too. I am, too. OK, so, Jeremy, let's talk baseball, because mm-hmm. I have a lot of moms who are hopeful, who are listeners, mm-hmm. and they are hopeful that their little precious will play pro baseball one day. <laughs> well,
1: precious, We, we <laughs> just for we listened to one of your podcasts and it was you answering questions. And we love the part where you call them the LPs.
2: Little Precious.
0: Yes. <laughs> yes, y'all. It. We,
1: you had us cracking up in the car when we were listening to it.
0: Well, good. Well, y'all are going to have your own LPs one day. And so,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah and then we'll know, we'll know, we'll know well, what the word means better. But yeah. we'll
0: understand how everybody has their own little precious. Yeah. Yes, you will definitely understand. And especially when, when they do things that you're kind of like, mm, that's when you go. Okay, little precious, because that's your way <laughs> of being being especially kind, and you're, you're yeah. going to get that, you're going to get that, but y'all are going to be great parents. So tell me, let's talk about how you got started, like how old were you when you started playing baseball?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I honestly don't remember a specific age, because my brother was So, my brother's two years older than me. So, he started before me, but I was always like going to practice with him and stuff. So, if he started at like four or five, I was probably out there when I was like three, you know? Um, But I I don't remember those days, obviously. I remember like my first T ball game was when I was like four or five. Uh Um, And I don't, I mean, I don't remember it that well, but I know, I know I loved it. So,
0: I love a T ball game.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, they're crazy. It's just crazy, but it's awesome.
0: They're so fun. So were your parents really hardcore? They had two young baseball players.
1: Um, I think they they didn't really get hardcore until we until we got older. And like we showed that we that we wanted to be hardcore with it. And I think that's I don't know, one thing I'm seeing now is that the parents the parents want it more than the than the kids. Yes. And that's that's so that's just that's not good, you know. I think,
2: um, yeah, like what you're saying, you and Jacob showed your dedication to it and that you were serious and that, you know, y- y'all took the lead and then your parents supported you in that. And
1: Yeah, and they never – I mean, they were hard on us. My dad was especially hard on us when it came to playing because, I mean, he wanted us to be the best we could be, you know. But he never made it a thing where, like, you have to play baseball. There's no choice if you're not playing. Right. And I think us having that freedom, I mean, there would be times when – I mean, I've told this story before. We would go off we, – we would play tournaments on the weekends, like on Saturdays and Sundays. And a lot of the kids growing up now start way earlier than we did playing tournaments. But we would go play a tournament. We'd be gone all day. And we'd get back on a Sunday night at 6 o'clock and we'd go out in the backyard and play more. You know, like it wasn't like a thing where we were being forced to play. We just loved it. Yeah. Um And I think my parents realized that. And my parents put us in the best – uh like they gave us opportunities to see that like love grow, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, it never felt forced at all.
0: Okay. Not like Tiger Woods dad. No,
1: no. And I, <laughs> they, they, they always, I mean, our priorities in life were, you know, our, are like our faith. Mm-hmm. Um, that was number one. Like th- there was no, there was no question in that. And then school and then sports. And sometimes school and sports got for me a little bit jumbled because I, I loved it so much more and my brother was very smart so like I think they saw that growing up too but I just had a special like I was good I was good growing up like I, I just had an ability you know and I'm thankful for that but I think that they my parents saw that and and they realized that I was good at it so
0: well and that's such a confidence boost for a young person i mean i can remember this sounds so silly but i can remember (laughs) caroline's already laughing i can remember being able to do back handsprings and back flips Mm -hmm. and i cheered and like i i don't know it was just a huge confidence boost when people would get excited and ask me to tumble it was it it really i think it helps your self-esteem as a young person to work hard and and excel at something
1: and i think there has to be a um i just feel like nowadays parents think that their child is the best at everything yes and and i think that's okay to a point where like you want to build up your children and you want them to know that you're there to support them and stuff but like my parents never told me i was the best my parents never like. They never told anybody else I was the best. And they rarely, like, at games and practices and stuff, my my dad was never, like, the one to, like, get, invo- get involved with practice at, like, middle school or, or high school or anything like that. He would let the coach do their thing. And, like, after the practice, when we were at home, we had a batting cage at home. And, like, we would go out there and hit on our own, just me and my brother and my dad, my brother and my dad. So, like, I think that there has to be a healthy balance between, like, building your child up and saying that they're the best because in reality, nobody is the best, like, True. I was not, I was not the best, I, I was good, but I was never the best growing up, um,
2: there's always somebody better, yeah, and my
1: brother was always better than me too, so I was always, like, chasing to be better than him, and that didn't happen until we were in college, so, like, um, that's just a huge thing for me, is, like, whenever we have a child, like, I, I want them to be, like, realistic in the fact that like they can always get better like they're not the best at it right now maybe they will be one day but right now they're not um
0: right well my grandmother used to say this and it was so funny to me but she would say every blackbird thinks no every crow thinks her baby is the
1: blackest yeah and it yeah. is the yeah. truth that's the truth that's the truth and i have we haven't experienced it, that yet so i'm sure when we get to that point we we'll just, think that too yeah um but i think parents have to be guarded against that I do
0: too. I do as too. As soon
1: as your as soon as your child thinks that that they're the best and they don't need to do anything to get better, they've lost it. Like you're not gonna you're not gonna excel. I'm sorry. Like you you gotta you gotta stay hungry and you gotta stay like pushing. Uh,
0: right. So at what age would you say that things got serious? That you noticed you're like, okay, it's this is I'm I'm pretty good at this. Yeah. This is getting serious.
1: I would say when I was probably in like 11th grade. I knew that we were good when I was in like middle school. Mm-hmm. But like it was never in my thought in my thoughts that I could play professionally when I was in middle school. I was doing it cuz I loved it and also like I hated losing. So like it was fun because I loved the game but also like winning is fun and I knew in order to win I had to be good. So like I did stuff to make myself good, whether that be like I practice or like on my own. And majority of it was on my own. Um, But I just loved it. And and I think that the love like made me better at it. But yeah, I think probably when I was a junior and senior, and that's when I started getting like looks from colleges and like pro teams was when I was a junior and a senior in high school.
0: Have you ever Um, read that book Outliers? Uh-uh. You would enjoy that. Both of you would enjoy that book. And it talks about like the Beatles, how many hours they practiced yeah. to become a good band or it's so interesting. You would, I mean, yeah. just, it gives you so many different scenarios, but how many hours, I'm just so curious about how many hours of batting probably went <laughs> into yeah. making it pro or even making it as a college player.
1: I don't even know that there's like a number. Cause I did it every day for multiple hours from the time I was like, probably the time I was like 12, you know, like I did it every single day. And even before then I was doing it every day. Uh huh. Um,
2: But if you think like, how many hours would you practice? And then maybe like how many hours?
1: I mean, like, let's just say that's an hour a day from the time I, I mean, that's like at least two hours a day. That's at least 5,000 hours. 8,000 uh-huh. hours and there were so many times that like I was doing stuff more than two hours a day and then you got games which are three hours like. right and the funny thing was is like when you're so I pitch right I don't I don't hit in uh Pro Bowl I just pitch but when you're growing up you always do both and I was awful at hitting I was not a good hitter growing up and like that's how people think you're good if you can hit good so growing up I was never good I was always I could always throw and like I could always do stuff like on the baseball field, but I was never the best hitter. And my brother was. So until I got to be a junior or senior, we didn't realize that, like, pitching could get me, I could get paid that just so pitching, strange. you know.
0: Right. Um, so
1: when I was a junior and a, a senior, especially, I started just pitching. And that's when people say, OK, this guy's actually really good at pitching. Uh-huh. You know? um, but yeah, I it was crazy growing up
0: so what do you did you ever i'm so curious about this jeremy did you ever did your parents hire coaches private coaches for you this, this is a oh wait okay okay uh, this
1: second. is that's a big question because i that's another thing is like nowadays people are paying obscene amounts of money to have their and i don't want to be calling anybody out that's listening because i don't know the people that listen to you so i'm not calling anybody out but People have just paid an obscene amount of money to have an eight-year-old kid practice baseball for an hour. And and for me, I can't, I have trouble sitting down and listening to somebody tell me what to do for an hour. So, like, how is it for for an eight-year-old doing that Mm -hmm. and to be paying that much money for it and not even knowing if they like it or not? Like, I do think that it's important to like get your child proper teaching and like know the game correctly. But, like, my parents never – we never have one-on-one uh, lessons ever.
0: Okay, that's interesting.
1: I mean, we had, like – we we went to, like, camps and stuff where we where we had, like, guys teaching us how to play. And I think when we were older, I had a guy that uh, grew up in my hometown. He was one of my first coaches, but he played at Wake Forest, and that was one of the schools near, near my house. So he kind of, like, took me under his wing. Um, but it was never a thing where, like, we sought him out to, like – pay money for, you know, it was more me just asking them questions. Um, yes.
0: I, well, and the reason I ask is I moved to Tennessee, to Memphis uh-huh. from a small Mississippi town right. where our younger two are boys and they always had so many playmates when we yeah, lived in Mississippi, right. but we moved to Memphis and it is, it was difficult when we moved yeah. here to find playmates because these kids are so scheduled with private <laughs> coaching
1: yeah I've never seen
0: anything like it
1: well and I think that good the reason I would I got to where I am now is because my brother was he was older than me he was bigger than me he he was he was advanced my entire life to me in every aspect of every sport school everything so like I was always trying to be as good as him and we could do stuff just me and him like Mm -hmm. he could throw me a ball and I could hit it or I could throw to him catching like we didn't have to have somebody else helping us. And a lot of the ways that, I mean, I remember, and I've I, i I've told people this, and I know for a fact it's true. We would go out to a field, and he would have a bat and a ball, and I would be out in the field, and he would just hit it to me. I would catch it, and I would throw it back. And we would do that for hours. And I know that's why I got good at throwing and he got good at hitting, because that's all that we did growing up. Um, And I think that's the main thing, like if I want to – if I was telling any parent like how to get their kid the best opportunity like if they love it and they want to get better at it like they'll do it you know
2: mm-hmm.
1: like, right and it's hard for a parent to to hear because if their kid's not doing it you want that for them um and I think there's certain things you can do to like make them love it more and I have like I don't know what those things are specifically we'll
2: just allow them to, the space to yeah. have an afternoon to like choose if they want to work on it
1: yeah
0: yeah yeah Yeah. so okay so you played in college Mm
1: -hmm.
0: you've got a full ride i'm assuming Mm -hmm. which is every parent's dream it's my dream at my house i know it's my husband's dream so (laughs) so you got a full ride to what school
1: i went to uh gardner webb university which is a really small uh it's d1 but it's very small um and yeah i got I got a lot of it paid for, which was very, very big. But I remember going into that process because there was a couple of schools, like I know Duke University was thinking about offering and like High Point University and a bunch of schools that were closer to where I am. Um, But we would have to pay more money. Mm -hmm. And my parents never told me I couldn't go to those schools because they had to pay. But I knew like I wanted to, they had given me all these opportunities growing up. So I wanted to make it easier on them. So like I went into it. I wanted to have school paid for that way, they would not have to worry about it. And that way, like, I wouldn't have to worry about loans, all that stuff. Um, and also my brother went there. So I was able to keep going to school with him. So like, that was one of the main selling points of that school. Um,
2: one year before Jeremy. Yeah, he was one year. He was
1: him. one year above me. Okay. So he, went, he went in like 2013 and then I went in 2014. Um, and did
0: yeah. y'all meet in college? Did you and Caroline meet in college? No. No, so we're both from
2: um, here in Davie County and our families actually went both went to Green Meadows, our church that we spoke about in the beginning um, when we were younger. And I just can remember kind of just seeing Jeremy around church. He's a couple of years older than me and just kind of having that crush on him like, oh, he's so cute. (laughs) And then, you know, this is probably like where I'm in middle school and then, you know, time goes on and then we reconnected after my freshman year of college. I went to NC State, and then from there, we started dating again. But we first met when we were younger and then reconnected when we were older. Mm
0: -hmm. That's so nice. Okay, so let's talk graduation. So you graduated from college. When did pro baseball come into play?
1: So, it's all right, it's funny. So I only went to college for three years, and then I got drafted by the Braves, which that was after my third year, so I hadn't graduated yet. When I got drafted and oh wow yeah <laughs> so then I I had the opportunity to stay in school or go play and I wanted to go play and like the situation was right um so I went and played and that was in 2016 that that started and so a bunch of people don't uh know like the way that minor league baseball works but there's like seven levels right and so like if seven if the, if the top level is like the MLB like Atlanta Braves the bottom level is like rookie ball. So it's your first level. So you have to go up seven levels, right? And sometimes it takes a year to go up each level, Um, which everybody's different. Some people will start on three, some people will start on two, like wherever it is. But yeah, I started on level one in 2016. And then for my first three years, I went up one level each year, right? And then my fourth year, I was on like level four, which is double A, it's actually in Mississippi um yeah and okay. then that year I had a really good year and they put me to the to the big leagues that year um so that wow. was in 2019 yeah it was it was crazy it, it feels and like what, a long time ago but
0: well what was that like I mean tell us I can't even I mean, imagine it was,
1: yeah it was it was crazy I because here's the thing I didn't think it was uh when I was in high school, I didn't, I never thought it was like, I never, I wanted to play in the big leagues, but like, it wasn't, uh, it was just like a dream. You know what I'm saying? Like there was no like path forward. It was just like a far off dream. And like, I was just going to keep doing what I loved and if stuff happened, it would happen. Um, but then when I got to college, like, I started to see, like, I would watch games on TV and think like I like I can do that, you know, like I'm not, I wasn't just as good then but I thought I could be as good and then when I got drafted I was like okay like that's my goal is to get there so so for the for like three years prior of me getting called up like that was my goal like I was 100% going to get there because that's just the way that my mind works like if it's a goal I'm going to get there so honestly when I got called up like yeah it was a, it was a dream come true but at that point it was like a, it was a goal for me like I was a ach- I was achieving a goal I don't know if that makes sense but like I had a plan put forward to get me there, and I got there. Um, but I mean, it was, it was awesome. Like, I don't—I didn't sleep that night. I like got called up and didn't sleep at all. And like, I called my parents. I called Caroline, and we weren't married at the time, but um, it was crazy. It was a whirlwind. Tell <laughs> them about
2: like, your first, like, your first game that you got to pitch in, like, running out of the bullpen.
1: I mean, yeah, like the the, the stadiums are massive. You know, like they're like four decks high so when you're running onto the field you like look up and you can't even see the top you know it's just huge and there's people screaming and like you don't realize where you're at and then you get out there and like you finally get your feet under you but um again like it was a dream come true but I want to make it like that was my goal like I wasn't it was never like I wasn't I wasn't surprised to get there Right. And that, I don't want to sound conceited, but like, for me, like, I feel like if you're, if you have like something in your mind that you want to get to, like, you shouldn't be surprised when you get there because you're doing all these things to get there. Um, But if you asked me when I was five years old, if you show me a picture of me playing in the big leagues when I was five years old, like I would have probably started crying, you know, like I would have fainted or something. Like, it would have just come- <laughs> so that's, that's another yeah. side of it. It's like, it was a complete dream come true.
0: But d- so, so did I mean so you had already visualized yourself being there is what you're saying you had visualized yes a million
1: million times a
0: million times so you knew when you got there you're like this i've done this before almost
1: yeah and that doesn't take away from it because it was still amazing right Um, but like i said that was that was i mean it was where i wanted to be and i wanted to do everything i could to get to that point
0: i can't imagine all how many people cheering i've been in the brave stadium i've been in the yes. yankee stadium and i mean so my huge. first
1: my first game was in philadelphia and the people there are not very nice to brave braves fans or braves players so let's just like there were some harsh words being yelled at me when i was running out to the mound or like in the bullpen but which i love like i love when people talk talk to me like that because i like, gets me fired up but yeah it was in philly and there was i don't know how many people were there I don't know. there was a lot of people there um and it went good so that, that was good too i like it, it was i had a good i had a good game and the thing was is caroline and my parents and my brother couldn't be there because they were in atlanta the night before because we had just flown to philadelphia so my first game was in atlanta i so, didn't
2: and as a as a pitcher like a relieving pitcher he he wouldn't have it's rare for him to pitch like two games in a row
1: yes that makes sense so like my first game I got called up I was in Atlanta I didn't get to pitch they were there we fly to Philadelphia the next day they couldn't come because it was too short notice I pitch in that game okay (laughs) next night we're in Philadelphia again and they got to fly up to see it and I pitch again that night so I got to pitch two days in a row and my parents and everybody and my like Caroline and my brother every they were able to see it so
0: I know they were I know y'all were so proud of him Caroline I can't I mean (laughs) yes I can
2: remember sitting um like I guess we were on the third baseline and then they it's like late in the game I think the Braves were ahead Mm -hmm. so Jeremy was able to come in a lot of people had left the stadium but I can remember he's coming in and like all of us are cheering for him and the people in front of us are like do y'all know this picture or yeah. And we're like, yes, we do. Yeah. <laughs> Where's his family? We're just so proud of him. And again, just such a surreal experience to like see him out there, you know.
0: Yes, yes. Okay, so what's going on now? Tell me, you you went from the Braves, you got traded. What's going on yes. now? Yes.
1: Um, so right now I'm i I'm a free agent. Okay. So that means I'll have the opportunity to sign with. And it's funny because actually two days ago was the first day that teams could contact um, my agent. And so my agent is telling me the teams that have been contacting him. And so we'll get to choose what team I'll go to next year. Um, And honestly, we don't, we don't know yet. The offers aren't like final, so we don't know where I'll go. Um, But yeah, I'm just working out right now. Another thing is like, I was only in the big leagues with the Braves for half a year. I want to I want to say that too like I'm not I'm not like where I want to be. I want to be up there all the time, you know. And so I haven't got so I got hurt after uh after half a year with the Braves in 2019. I had a shoulder issue, so I was out for 2020 and 2021, all of COVID and everything. I was not playing. And then I signed with the Giants, the San Francisco Giants. Got traded to the Tampa Bay Rays and then I'm a free agent now. So I'll be able to kind of choose where I'm going. Um but yeah, it's been a it's been a pretty pretty wild ride, if I'm being honest. <laughs> um You're glad to be home. We're glad to be. Yeah. We're glad to be home.
0: Yeah, you're home for the holidays at least. You won't leave before January, will you? No.
1: No, not no. until February, I think, so.
0: Okay. I know you're n- probably not thinking about this right now, mm-hmm. Jeremy, but I'm just mm-hmm. going to ask you anyway because you're on to the be- next that big thing in baseball. But yeah. later, like what do you see yourself doing when you're 45 just curious
1: um so it's funny because we've actually been talking about that because we're trying to figure out just a plan i think of just what it's going to be like when i get done playing or whatever
2: well it's just you you think like you said heather you think ahead like to the next the next thing after that honestly
1: i mean i want to stay involved with baseball i don't know if that'll be coaching i don't know if that will be like having a team like i don't know what it will look like um But actually, I've been working out at this place and like I've just had a not a calling, but like I want to help them like get people working out there, like especially baseball players. So I don't know what kind of a job that would be. I don't know if it'd be marketing. I don't know if it'd be like. I don't know what it would be, but Mm -hmm. I want to help kids. Like get better in whatever aspect, maybe not even in baseball. I don't know what what like phase of life it'll be in, but I, I like kids. I like helping people. I like talking. Um, yeah.
2: Yeah. Some way to combine like all of his strengths. He's a really good encourager and leader and yeah.
0: Well, you have a lot of talents. That's for sure. That's for sure. Okay. Let's talk about your podcast. I'm so pumped about this podcast. So it's bar 12.
1: Yeah. (laughs) You, you helped it. You're the reason why we started it. Uh, and I said that, I said that in the first one, I was like, we met this woman in Florida and like, And we we so we told him your name, we told him your podcast name and everything, and like um, cause we were on the ride home from talking with you, not like that day, but on the way home from Florida back back to where we are now. And I was like, Jacob, we should just start one, dude. Like, what what's it gonna hurt? Like it's fun, and I think the main yeah, so it's called the R12 Podcast. It's me and my brother and our best friend growing up. And then my brother actually just became he's becoming a full-time youth pastor um right so I think the main the main goal for the podcast is just to talk about our faith like I feel like when we were growing up as men like we didn't talk about it as much as we should have with anybody like I think I'm kind of reserved like I'm trying to get better at talking about like Jesus and scripture and my faith and like I want everybody to hear that because he's like he's blessed us with so much and even if he hadn't blessed us with so much like he's so much more like we should be talking about him and the stuff that he does for us. But that's our main goal is just to have conversation about it. And it's called the R12 podcast because Romans 12 talks about being a living sacrifice for Jesus. And we want to be living sacrifices. So we're kind of just diving into like what that means. And our last podcast was about social media. Um, So it's just going to be different topics, the good and the bad, just what we think. I mean, we're no experts. (laughs) We don't, we don't know the answers and stuff, but well, we, no we one do does. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. So. No one has the, the, the answers to everything, but I love what you're doing. I'm so proud of you. I know your parents are so proud of you. Yeah,
1: I, I told my, we had mentioned you to my mom. Cause when we got back, we went straight to their house and we were like, we met and we, the f- first podcast we listened to of yours was you talking about, you were answering questions
2: and somebody didn't, I think it was somebody had um, mentioned that they didn't feel comfortable, like asking their little precious to do chores and your, and your response to them. One of the funniest things was like, um, well, are you going to feel comfortable paying for his and his future spouse's counseling because he, he the won't dishes. be able to help around the house or something like that. So we just love the way that you, you know, plainly put it because people need an honest friend to yeah. like, tell them, Hey, well, this is, you know what might happen but Mm -hmm. yeah so we we listened to your podcast and we came home we're telling our family about how we met you and just how you were an encouragement to Jeremy and Jacob to start their own podcast and Kirkland that's their friend who does Mm -hmm. the podcast with them
0: oh thank you well y'all are such a blessing to me I had the best time meeting meeting all of you I know it was so
1: crazy wasn't it because that was so random did you ever get your book did you ever figure out your book signing or no
0: Yeah. Yes. Yes. So the book is at Sundog Books in Seaside and Uh it's, it's a lot has happened since I met you, Jeremy.
1: (laughs) Tell us some about it. Tell us, tell us a brief, tell us a brief, uh,
0: a lot has happened. So, but I don't want to focus on me. I want to focus on you. So we'll talk about how often, how often do you plan to put out your podcast?
1: Yeah. So we want to do it, we're trying to do it once a week
0: once a week okay. um
1: and there's a video with it like uh my brother has all this we have like microphones and like a video camera and stuff so like we're trying to do a video with it for YouTube um and we're gonna we're gonna have people like like you entered like you talk to us and like you talk to different people we're gonna try and have people on the on it um but honestly we're, we're I told them I'm doing it more for like me than I am anybody else because like I need I love accountability, I love relying on somebody else and like, having like unity and like fellowship with other like, yeah, they're my brothers, but they're also like my spiritual brothers, you know, and I think that's so important for Christians is like having fellowship, like, not being on your own, like, talking with to other believers, because you learn when you talk, you learn from other believers, like, it's so big. So I think for me, I, I, I'm i doing it just for me, <laughs> like, I want to learn, and I want to learn Fine. from them and whoever wants to be part of that watching i'd love for them to be part of it um but i'm excited for it
0: well i'm excited for you and community is so important in yes. supporting one another
1: mm-hmm. people
0: right now have never been lonelier than they are today yes they yes. have never and we need each other yeah. we need we all feel like we're so in control yes. and we're not we're yes. not in control god positions us exactly where he needs us right. with me
1: and if I can say just one thing to like, uh, I'm, I want to make like, I'm not a parent. So I don't know what it feels like to have a 10 year old kid who like, I want them to be the best they can. But like, I don't want to push them. I don't want to not push enough, like all that stuff. Um, If I could just say one thing, like, like God will place like, there was nothing my parents did to like, make me love the sport, you know, like, Like God put that in my life and you can see how he's worked my entire life. So I think the main thing is just trust, like just trust the Lord and his plan. And like, yeah, I know it's hard because you want to get them the lesson and you want to like put them on this team and you want them to give the best opportunities, which all that stuff is great. But it's ever, if it's ever to a point where like your kid is like not loving it and like not wanting to do it, like just don't force them. Like it should be fun. Like at the point I am now, like it's a, it's my job. Some of the parts of the baseball now is not fun for me. Like the the financial side and the, the trades and like dealing with like upper management of teams. Like that's not fun for me, but like the sport, the game like when I get to play, it's fun. And like, as soon as somebody loses that they should not be playing anymore. Um, so that's all I got about that. Uh, <laughs> well, I think I, they
0: need to go outside and just dig in the dirt, Jeremy. I want to see fun. more little just boys. Be, yes.
1: Just be a kid. Yes.
0: Yeah. So what is your daily routine look like? Your fitness, your nutrition? What does that look like as as a just individual and as a couple? Just curious.
1: Do you want to answer first? You want me to answer first? <laughs> I'll answer know. like me first. So I have I have a nutritionist and I have a trainer that I meet with probably once a week, and they also know each other. So based on what I'm doing working out wise, I have like a specific nutrition plan. But so right now for like the next six weeks, I'm just trying to gain to gain muscle. I'm trying to like get strong. So they have me eating a a obscene amount of, I have to eat like 3,800 calories, like 250 but they have all my macros and stuff but the thing so I, i wake up i probably eat like three or four meals a day and like two or three snacks i would say
2: yeah i think for both of us we try to like emphasize eating a lot of protein just like you know protein carbs and fat so that our meals are balanced um of course you know during the season it gets a little harder because
1: we're on the go yeah
2: you're you're on the go and then there's games late at night but i would say like here's an example breakfast like we'll make some eggs with some egg whites have some oatmeal some oats
1: coffee
2: yeah coffee we love coffee (laughs) and then lunch we'll do just like some sort of lunch and dinner some sort of protein chicken salmon like beef or whatever vegetables and then again carbs so like some rice or it kind of varies we try to keep it pretty simple just
1: just for the record i love candy
2: yeah, we both have and a
1: we, huge sweet too. Yeah, so like we still eat, we still eat sweets. Like, <laughs> we're not perfect, by no, any means. by any means. I'm not. We're not perfect. What's your but...
0: favorite candy?
1: Oh my god. I like this. I like Sour Patch Kids. I like Reese Cups. I like
0: You
1: love M&M's. I love M.
0: <gasps> Jeremy. My favorite peanut M's. Dude, yeah, I need to send, I need to send
1: you a clip because <laughs> my first interview I did in philadelphia on tv was they asked me what the coolest thing about being called up was and i said on our plane ride we had like four different types of m&ms <laughs> and i said that on on tv so i need to send you that clip because you would like that so
2: then after that everyone that i got knew him i was got like home. sending him m&ms
1: <laughs> they're sending me m&ms this they have my they had m&ms with my name written on them with braids written on them like it was crazy <laughs> Like, uh, I hope they don't yeah. do that
0: ever. Do that for me. I don't think there's any worry of that. I'm not going to be a Braves player, but that would definitely be my downfall. Mm. We
1: still eat sweets. Uh, yes. I think it's a balance, you know, mm-hmm. um, because we're we're both really active and we love being active at the same time. Like we want to keep it a balance. Yeah,
0: so. yeah, yes. Well, thank y'all so much. I've enjoyed this. I can't tell you how much I've enjoyed this time with y'all. Thank yes. you. Thank oh, you thank for thank having, for having us. Yeah. yeah,
1: I'm glad we could do it.
0: Thanks again for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode or have benefited in any way, please go to Apple Podcasts, leave a review. It would mean the world to me. Also, take a moment and be sure and subscribe because we have a lot of exciting events coming up and you are not going to want to miss out on anything. Come say hello on social media. Stop by Instagram. It's at Life Coach BFF. Facebook at Life Coach BFF. And also we have started a small private group full of lovely women like you. It's called We Are Your BFFs. Come join. We'd love to have you. Can't wait to see you again next time. This is your BFF Heather from Life Coach BFF Show.